Come, Holy Spirit. That's a prayer that is often heard every week in vineyard churches. In fact, hardly a week goes by that you don't hear someone praying, Come, Holy Spirit. It's become sort of a trademark of the vineyard movement. And it's also the title of part seven of our eight-part series on the Holy Spirit, titled The Holy Spirit, The Road to Pentecost. Next week is Pentecost Sunday, and we're going to wrap up our series on the Holy Spirit. Today, our focus is on those words, come Holy Spirit. Um, it actually comes from an ancient Christian chant or, or hymn, but yet it seems so relevant and so timely for the day in which we live. It's a prayer of invitation for the Holy Spirit to come and to move in our midst. Jesus was speaking about the Holy Spirit when he said to his disciples in John 16, he said, but in fact, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I'll send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. And judgment will, become, will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There's much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. And this is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. In this passage, the Holy Spirit, uh, or Jesus calls the Holy Spirit our advocate. He backs us. He supports us. He, he carries us. And in 2 Peter uh, uh, 1, 3, the Bible tells us that, you know, God gives us everything we need to live a godly life. Everything we need to live a godly life, He gives to us. And one of the key things He gives to us is the Holy Spirit. He sends the Holy Spirit to be our advocate, to, to, to stand with us and to fight with us, uh, to fight for us uh, 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 through life struggles. He sends the Holy Spirit to help us in life. And as he will, be, uh, 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 he, he will be involved in helping us as we invite him to be. So he doesn't just barge in. And when we invite him, though, and we turn him loose to do our, uh, his will in our lives, we give him full cooperation, amazing things can begin to happen. So we want to give him our full cooperation. We want to invite him and say, come Holy Spirit, do your work in our lives. Come Holy Spirit, bring the will of the Father. Come Holy Spirit, help us to, to, to walk through life. And, and we want to cooperate with the Holy Spirit when he comes. But, but what does it mean to cooperate with the Holy Spirit? Just a few things here. First off, it means, that, that, uh, it means to live in the Spirit. I think most of us would agree with this in concept, Right? We would agree that we want to live in the Holy Spirit, okay? We want, to, we want to walk in the Holy Spirit. We want to live in the Holy Spirit. But it's one thing to agree in concept. The challenge, though, like anything else, is encountered in trying to actually do it. You see, we ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and, then, and to direct us, 
And then when he starts leading, we need to keep in step with that leading. And that means to, you know, uh, uh, to lock onto him and to, to uh, 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 move at his direction, to move at his pace. We don't want to lag behind what he's telling us, and at the same time, we don't want to race ahead of him. We want to keep pace with him with how he's working in our lives. You know, the Indy 500 is coming up, right? And, and as I'm looking at this, I thought of, I thought of the, the opening of the race or any time they have a, a yellow flag, the pace car comes out, right? What happens when the pace car comes out? The cars all have to back off and then follow the pace car's lead. The cars have to, uh, have to uh, uh, match speed with the pace cars so that they're going the same, uh, uh, the same uh, speed as a pace car. They can't race ahead of the pace car or there will be repercussions. And they don't want to lag way behind the pace car, like behind the rest of the pack either, because then there will be repercussions. I mean, it's how it works. So, you know, and, and when, when the green flag goes out, we go for it again. Then the pace car comes out later after a yellow flag. And, and that's, that's the way it, it, it works with the Holy Spirit. We want to follow along at his direction, at his pace, keeping, you know, not lagging too far behind and not racing ahead of him. We want to keep pace with how he's working in our lives, walking in step with him. And as we begin to walk, you know, that way day in and day out, that's when our lives begin to change. That's when, as he does the work in our lives and the things in our lives begin to change, our hearts begin to change, and the character of Christ begins to be, form, be, uh, be formed in us as the Holy Spirit does his work. I want to read from Galatians chapter 5. The Apostle Paul writes, and he says, the Holy, Spir Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against these things. He says those who have nailed Jesus, who have, have those who belong to Christ Jesus, have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross, and crucified them there. Since we're living by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. See, here's the deal. Because we live in a broken world, we broke it, mankind broke it, we have a sinful nature and we have a spiritual nature. And as the Holy Spirit leads us, He, he leads us to say yes to our spiritual nature. And the more we do that, then the more our lives with, with, are filled with things that we just spoke about. Things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithful, gentleness, self-control. The more we say yes to the Holy Spirit, the more those things are cultivated. They're strengthened. They're nourished in our lives, and they begin to grow. They, uh, uh, but when we resist the Holy Spirit's leadings and promptings, we hinder those things from being developed in our lives. And we actually invite things in that are the opposite of those things. See, to the degree that we walk in step with the Holy Spirit, to that degree we'll see those things, the fruit of the Spirit, produced in our lives. And as they're produced in our lives, they empower us to say no to our earthly nature and yes to the Spirit of God. It's when we learn to say 
a continual yes to God's Spirit that, 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 that we begin to see the fruit of the Spirit developed in our lives in spite of what our circumstances might be. See, those things are not limited by our circumstances. The joy that the Holy Spirit produces in our lives, that's independent of what our circumstances are. The patience and the peace that the Holy Spirit produces in our lives. All of those fruit of the Spirit, that's independent of what our circumstances are. In fact, not only the independent of our circumstances, they help us to rise above them. And we can be going through the most difficult trial of our lives and still be enjoying and exhibiting the love and the joy and the peace the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control. We can still be exhibiting all those things in our lives. People look at us and that's what they see. And they wonder with all that's going on in our lives. They see the chaos in our lives. They see the struggle we're going through. And yet that's the most patient person I've seen in a long time. Or how can they be genuinely that good with all this stuff going on in their lives? How can they have that much peace with all this stuff going on? I remember when, when, uh, 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 when Lisa first gave her life to the Lord, and she was working over in the student services building, uh, Franklin Hall, uh, working in the records and admissions office for IU. And it was chaos in there, all this stuff going on, all the chaos in the office, the, you know, everything else going on. And... You know, one day one of the ladies came to her, and, and Lisa had newly given her life to the Lord, you know, just a matter of, of weeks or months before that. And she says, I don't understand it. Everybody around here is so stressed out. Everybody around here is so, you know, it's crazy, it's hectic, and everybody's full of such stress. But, but you, you have a peace in your life. How do you have such a peace in your life? Nobody else has that here. And it was because of the work that God was doing, the fruit of the Spirit that He was cultivating in her life and filling her life with. It was noticed by others. See, we can be going through the most difficult trial, but the trials aren't what govern our lives and fill our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is what fills us. See, the fruit of the Spirit, those are all inward conditions that are not dependent upon outward circumstances. They come by learning to walk in step with the Spirit, but that's something that we have to do, that we have to learn to do. It's not something that comes naturally because we're all born with a bent toward our sin nature. We're born with a default to our sin nature, and we have to be trained and retrained to follow God's Spirit. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that appears, right to, or that appears to be right. In other words, it looks the right way. It makes sense at one level. In one sense, it feels right. Everybody around us says, that's right, that's the thing to do. But in the end, it leads to death. We need to remember that our human reasoning is not the same as God's will and God's wisdom. God is the one who created mankind. He's the one that designed us and created us. And he also knows what's best for us as our creator better than we know ourselves. And, and, you know, there are going to be times in every one of our lives where something appears to be right, 
when in actuality it's destructive and it leads to death. When we say, come Holy Spirit, we are inviting the Holy Spirit who lives in every believer. We're not saying, come in me because I don't have you. If a believer prays, come Holy Spirit, he's, he's recognizing that the Holy Spirit is already in. You, you're, you're not a believer without the Holy Spirit living inside you. But we are inviting the Holy Spirit to come and teach us how to live according to God's plans and purposes as we navigate through the cultural beliefs, opinions, and values that may seem right, but in reality are contrary to God's plans. As we invite the Holy Spirit and follow His leading, we learn to walk in the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, so forth, the rest of the fruit of the Spirit. We learn to walk in those things. Number two, to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and to walk with the Spirit means to welcome the Holy Spirit. To welcome the Holy Spirit is to accept and follow the direction He gives for our lives. It's to begin to discern, to listen to, and to follow His promptings and leadings. We begin to understand what is from God and what is not from God. It's to welcome and receive the gifts that He wants to give us in order to minister to others. And as we learn to listen to Him, He teaches us how we can pray for others, how we can speak God's heart into someone else's situation. God reveals his, the, the, the wisdom or the knowledge that we need to hear. Maybe it's words of comfort that someone needs to hear. Because the Holy Spirit is God, He sees and He knows all things. So He's able to give us exactly what we need to be able to help someone else. As we're talking to someone, uh, you know, I like to, to, to use the illustration as if, you know, God wants to use us to someone's, uh, God wants to use us in someone else's life to speak some, something to them, to minister to them, but yet they're closed off and they're locked up. Maybe they've ever been hurt. They, maybe they've been abused. Maybe what, whatever's going on, it's got them locked off. And sometimes God will give us you know, whether a word of knowledge or, or uh, a word of wisdom, whatever, um, will give us something that will, is the key to unlock their heart. And he gives us that one thing, and all of a sudden they begin to open up. Their, their heart is unlocked. 1 Corinthians 2.12, Paul says, What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. When we pray, come Holy Spirit, we're welcoming God, inviting Him to show us what He's doing. And when we pray, come Holy Spirit, we become sensitive to the Spirit's presence and can begin to discern His actions, discern what He's doing. So when you welcome the Holy Spirit, say, come Holy Spirit, I welcome you. When you, when you do that, then get ready for him to use you. He knows exactly what's needed for you to be able to do what is on God's heart for you to do. So as we begin to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we begin to live with the Holy Spirit, we walk with him, the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, so forth, begin to mark our lives. And then we have, we begin to have 
what, what he wants to give us and what he wants to be in us to minister to others. And, and, and you learn to welcome the Holy Spirit in this. And you see, God wants you and me. It is his goal. It is his desire for, for you and for me to become come Holy Spirit Christians. He wants us to become Holy Spirit Christians. That means one who day in and day out walks in the Spirit of God, not just Sundays, not just some of the time, but one who daily walks with God, the one who, who walks in step with the Spirit, one who invites and welcomes His presence and guidance in the day-to-day of their lives. In Galatians 5, starting in verse 16, Paul writes this. He says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. And that's a key right there. That's a key right there. He wants to guide your life. He makes himself available to be your guide, but he won't make you follow his leading. That's up to you. See, you and I have a choice. We can either, uh, either resist his lead or we can welcome his lead. We can resist or we can welcome. But if we welcome the Holy Spirit and, and if we let him guide our life, then we'll find that he benefits us greatly. Paul continues and he says, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you're directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. See, a lot of times we think about, you know, the Holy Spirit guiding us. We think, think in terms of big things. You know, we think in terms of big things like, Lord, show me where I should live, where I should move to, where I should live. Lord, should I buy this house or move over here? Lord, what job should I take? Lord, who should I marry? We think about the major decisions in our lives. And, and, but, but in reality, it's not the big decisions where we learn to follow them. It's in all the, the little things. It's in the little things. You see, when, when Paul said these two forces are constantly fighting each other, it's not just in the big things. It's in the little day-to-day things in our lives. We've got these two forces fighting each other. And, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's the little things, the things that have to do with character formation. For example, let's, let's take this situation got this person at work, <clears throat> okay, and um, they're always grumpy, they're always sour, they're always, you know, negative, they, they're critical, they don't, they, they never have a nice word to say about anybody, and rough, you know, just, just that kind of person. Um, have you ever worked with anybody like that? Yeah, few of you have. Anybody live with it? No, don't say that. But but no, you know, and they never, and they're always critical. Nobody likes to be around them, and and you know, not only that, you know, they're always the the butt of the your coworkers' jokes, and and they're always cutting them down. Never a nice thing to say, and and you know, you're out, you find yourself out to lunch with your other coworkers sometime. You're you're sitting down at lunch, and the guy's name happens to come up. He screwed up again. He can't do this right. He can't do that right. If he, he needs to learn this, and he needs to get over this. And, he, you know, and, and everybody is, is knocking the guy, and, and you know, something comes to your mind, and, and you're about to chime in with an agreement, and you're about to chime in with something that, 
that, that, that you want to say. And all of a sudden, you hear this little voice that simply says, don't say it. What? what? And you, you kind of pause. And then you just hear the, and the conversation goes, you get ready to, you know, primed up to, you know, just say, and you hear this, don't say it. And now you're thinking, oh, Oh, but this is good. I gotta say this. This, this. I mean, this is this is a good one. And and you know, it's you're just dying to say it. This urge, you know, if you, you're afraid, if you just open your mouth even to take a bite of food, it's going to come out. But this voice is saying, "Don't say it." So you listen to the voice, and you, you know, um, in fact. A moment longer, a moment later, the voice comes again and prompts you to say something, and you find yourself saying, "You know, maybe we should just change the subject. Let's talk about something else." And you bring up another topic and they steer the conversation away from that coworker. That's the kind of thing we're talking about when we talk about becoming a come Holy Spirit Christian. And learning to walk in the Spirit. It's welcoming Him into every area of our life and allowing Him to work. Maybe a couple of days after this lunch with your coworkers, you're sitting at home before you go into work and you begin to read your Bible. You're having your quiet time with the Lord and you come across a verse. And all of a sudden you hear that voice again. And the voice is saying, I want you to pray for that one coworker of yours along the lines of this verse. Say, what? Yeah, I want you to pray for that person along the lines of this verse. So you do. You obey the voice of the Spirit. You begin to pray for that person along the lines of the verse that you just read. A couple days later, same thing happens with another verse. And pretty soon you find that you need to keep a notebook and you're praying for that coworker, and you're praying for them along lines of scriptures. Wow, I never thought about that. I never thought about that, uh, uh, the person in the light of this scripture, in the light of what they may be dealing with, in the light of what you're wanting to do in their life, Lord. And, and your attitude and heart toward that person changes. And the next thing you know, you know, you're at work with this person that still is gruff, grumpy, critical, whatever, and nobody wants to be around them. And you say, hey, let's go get some coffee. Where'd that come from? Let's go get some coffee. You actually take the time to get to know the person and find out why you begin to get to know the person and in spending a little time with him, you found out why they are the way they are. It's like, wow, I never knew that went on in his life just, just such a short time ago. I didn't know he was going through this. I didn't know they had this pain in their life. I didn't know this about them. And, and it begins to explain, not to excuse, but it begins to explain some of the behavior. And pretty soon you're in a place where the Holy Spirit can use you to minister to that guy what he needs or she needs. Welcoming, him, welcoming the Holy Spirit into every area of our life, 
not just church on Sunday morning, prayer meeting, Bible study, but every area and allowing him to work. It starts with the little things and then it begins to grow. We invite the Holy Spirit and we welcome his guidance. We practice honoring the Spirit you know, we, we, by listening and following his guidance. And the more we do that, the more God can use us in unique and powerful ways. Someone once said it like this. <clears throat> Praying the prayer, come Holy Spirit, is really like asking the ocean to splash over your feet on the beach. God knows we can't handle them all at once. So he's happy for us to say yes to him in the small ways that we can. Don't be so focused on the big things that you miss the small things, the still small voice in the midst of our daily lives. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. See, the Holy Spirit is a seal and a deposit within us, confirming God's promise-keeping nature. And if God keeps his promises and is always working for our good, if those two things are true, then why wouldn't we invite the Holy Spirit to do all that he intends to do in us and through us? If God keeps his promises and he's always working our, for our good, why would we ever hesitate to, to, to pray, come Holy Spirit, do your work in me that you want to do. Do your work in me to make me more like Jesus. And do your work through me that you can use me to touch others' lives. We belong to God. And if we truly do, then welcoming him to do what he wants is of first priority. Almost every Sunday in a vineyard church, you will hear someone pray, come Holy Spirit. Like I said, it's a trademark, and like we said earlier, it's actually an, it's an ancient chant or an ancient hymn going back almost a thousand years to the Archbishop of Canterbury, Stephen Langton. Originally, it was, lit, it was written in Latin as Veni Sancti Spiritus, come Holy Spirit. And it begins with the line, come Holy Spirit. Then I want to read a few lines down. A few lines farther down, it says, and this is the prayer, this is the, the hymn, wash what is dirty, refresh what is dry. Heal what is wounded, bend what is stubborn, melt what is frozen, and direct what is wandering. The Holy Spirit is such a wonderful gift. And considering all that he does and can do for us, why wouldn't we pray, come Holy Spirit, every single day? 
the worship team come up. While they're coming and while they're getting ready, I want us to take a minute and pray. And I want to pray according to that ancient come Holy Spirit from a thousand years ago. I want to pray according to that for our lives right here, right now, today. So if you want to close your eyes or however you can get comfortable. I don't want you looking around. I just just want you to receive what the Holy Spirit has for you now. Come, Holy Spirit. Wash what is dirty. Lord, anyone in here this morning that's feeling dirty or unclean, wash them and make them clean. Wash away their sins and make them whiter than snow. Let your blood cleanse them. Remove every trace of sin and guilt and shame. Refresh what is dry. Holy Spirit, pour yourself into those who are dry, those who are weary, those who are parched. Let the cool, refreshing water of the spirit of life receive it now and let it fill your hearts and spirits. Let your parched, dry soul soak up the Holy Spirit right now. Refreshing Holy Spirit like cool, clear water. Refresh, renew, bring new life. Heal what is wounded. Lord, those that walked in with open wounds today, pour out your spirit, the balm of Gilead. Pour out your spirit, oil of the spirit, into their lives. Heal their brokenness. Heal the pain. Heal those who are wounded today. And bend what is stubborn. Lord, not our will. Not the way we want things. We're not in charge. You are. We recognize that. So not our will, but your will be done. 
melt what is frozen. Lord, pour the warmth of your love over our cold hearts and soften our hearts. Direct what is wandering. Shine the light of your word and let us follow you back along to the path of truth. Direct what is wandering. Holy Spirit, direct what is wandering and bring us back to the path of truth. I want everybody to close your eyes. You may never have come to the point where you've said, yes, I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus, turn from the way I'm living, and follow Jesus. I'm going to put my faith in him. If that's you, the Holy Spirit is telling you right now. He's calling you back. He's saying, stop your wandering. Stop wandering all over the place, looking for, for satisfaction, looking for, for whatever in, in, in every other place. Come to Jesus. Put your faith in him. And surrender your life to him. That's when you're going to find real joy, real purpose, real meaning. Let him cleanse you of your sin. If that's you, I don't want anybody looking around right now. If that's you, I want you to just slip up your hand if you're ready to just say yes to him right now. Anybody at all? We're just going to take a second. It's an opportunity right here. Or maybe you have before, but you've kind of wandered and, and, and you just... You realize right now, it's like, you know, I, I, I've done this before, but I've kind of strayed away from it. He's asking you to come home. Just slip up your hand if that's you and you want to come home. Yes. Holy Spirit, come. Fill us once again. Baptize us fresh in your Holy Spirit. Equip us and empower us to do the work that Jesus has given us to do. We love you. And we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand while the uh, ushers get ready. Uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, do uh, uh, worship God with one more song. Uh, invite you to to just join with us as we do that. And the ushers, while we're doing that, are going to pass the bags. When the bag comes your way, encourage you to put the green card in it and uh, the connect card, and that's how we'll get them to the people that uh, will cut them and and send out the prayer request to those on our prayer team. Um, if you are new here and you're visiting here for the first time or you haven't had a chance to, to uh, 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 let us know who you are yet, 
then if you would take your card and send it or put take it out here after service to the uh, welcome center, this table right outside this door, we have a little gift that we'd like to give you. So just give it to the person at the table, and they'd give you give you a little gift bag. Just we'd like to say welcome and thank you for coming and and uh, worshiping with us today. Also, as the bags come, you can collect your, or you can uh, uh, put your tithes and offerings in that or you can give electronically. If you're giving electronically, we are rolling out a new system, a new, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, just a new uh, website, a new, um, not a new website. It's a, a, anyway, we have a new way to give electronically. It is in your bulletin, uh, and we'll say more about that next week. But there's called, uh, you can go to your uh, phone and download the Tithely app. Look for, once you log in, uh, search for the uh, uh, Vineyard Community Church Bloomington, and you'll find us and do things that more and more people are wanting to do things that way. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and give our tithes and our offerings and collect our Connect cards. Um, Father, bless your people as they give. Bless your people as they, as they give not just the finances, Lord, but give of their lives as they put those green cards in the uh, uh, in the bags as they're giving of themselves, giving of their story that others can join in with them. In Jesus' name, amen.